so I'm I'm currently trying to find somewhere to live in another country. Um, and there's a an element of danger to it because we're moving in five weeks and do not have somewhere to live yet. Um, yeah, this is bold. Yeah. Um, well, you kind of you got there comes a point where you've got to hand your notice in on your current flat, right? But but uh, in the course of finding somewhere to live, because I was there's a place that we we might get, and and it's a bit it's not rural, but it's a bit out of town. And I was like, well, Sainsbury's will still deliver, and this is how I discovered that Ireland does not have Sainsbury's, which <laughs> oh. I found I found somehow really shocking. It was like it was like. Like basically, I discovered that there are some brands I guess that I just assume are like <laughs> like uh brands, and like it was like someone saying, "Oh yeah, no, we don't um we don't really wear shoes uh so, so what are the big supermarkets in Ireland? They have Tesco and they have super value, but it works yeah. like super value's a bad name they've got they've got cool stuff which doesn't come over here. They've got some orange drink, which is very nice. they've got like their own fanta type brand. That's true. Really? They have some, some good ice lollies. I can't remember it's called. Like, I want to say um, like orange burst or something. I don't know. Yeah. I had a can and of also, airport. <laughs> um, Primark is uh, called Pennies in Ireland because Primark started in Ireland. Mm. And, and they Why were doing Brendan's Pennies. Why did they give it such a bizarre name when they came here? I guess something pennies else is called. But, yeah. Do you, but there's sometimes that thing where at one point there were companies in the UK that were international brands and they've shut down in the UK, but for some reason they continue on in another country. So you go to like Singapore and you find like an hour price and you're like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh my God. I learned this recently too. Do you know what Burger King is called in Australia? Because it's not called Burger King. Burger Lord? No. Patty Duke. <laughs> I mean, weirdly, Nate's is kind of closer. It's 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 called Hungry Jacks. Hungry Jack. I remember that actually. How do you how do you even know what you're gonna get if you go there? Do they still have Wait, the Whopper? sandwich? Huh? It's, do they still yeah, have the, the Whopper? Or have they rebranded that? Oh, I don't know. To it, what the Jackster? It's <laughs> called the Jack of all trades. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, Alice, I cannot believe you just invoked the the Great Sandwich War. Oh God, I know. I'm sorry. How, okay, how about this? There's an, I, some I might argue that you would get a sandwich in Hungry Jacks. Oh no! Hello and welcome to this 100, uh, episode 174 of the Electronic Wireless Show. I'm fairly sure it's 174. I've got lost in the weeds in the 170s. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but this, after an excellent suggestion in the Discord, is the best nightclubs and games special. Uh, this is Rock Paper Shotguns PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which is that of Alice Bell, and I'm joined today by The Bouncer. Sorry, mate, you're not on the list. Oh no! It's going to be. You can't come into the podcast. You're going to have to stay stay behind the introduction. Do you know who I am? <laughs> How dare you? Uh, so you're not on the list. Doesn't question. matter to me. Who are you? Well, this is my friend, some dancing guy. <laughs> yes. Oh, come right in, sir. Oh, thank you. The VIP area is open for you. I'll have awesome. a bucket of chilled Phoenix blood ready for you. <laughs> Why, oh, Nate? the most luxurious thing I could think of. <laughs> Why? So that I've noticed that with Dan, the the Daniel Barker's birthday saga, that when you're trying to like uh, 
like suggest that someone is a kind of rich lunatic. They always drink some kind of animal blood. <laughs> it's true. Right. <laughs> See, I'd say it's it's money that gets you out of drinking blood. Like blood is blood is like something's gone very wrong for you, and and all you ha- you're having to drink like nature's drink, which is blood. <laughs> the only drink in nature is blood. <laughs> yeah, but if you've got money, then you can buy artificial human drinks, like Rio. Nature's blood. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine an interview um, with a vampire, but instead of drinking blood, he just quaffs can after can of Rio Tropical. Rio, yeah. <laughs> I'd like that. Uh, I've got a genuine question about nightclub yeah. lists because um, this may surprise you. I'm not a big nightclub guy, um, and is is a what is a list an actual thing? And if it is an actual thing, how does your name get on the list? I know that's the cliche, but what is the list? Well, I don't know because I've never been to a nightclub that was nice enough to have a list, so ah. <laughs> or like prestigious enough to have a list, a list, but. Uh, my my understanding from watching episodes of Entourage is that is that the list means you don't have to queue and you get on it by being friends with Turtle. I don't know. Oh, Turtle. Right. <laughs> so it's it's not a scenario where every club is just populated with exactly who the owner wants. It's like a very precise list. It's where you want the list will have like famous. Or, uh, or like ri- like influences, I guess, would be the modern equivalent on it, right? So they take pictures of your club and go, this club's lit, or whatever the young kids say these days. <laughs> I don't know. Here's another question. At what age does it stop being cool to go to a nightclub and becomes desperate and sad? And And does that age depend on how rich you are? Like, are you allowed to keep going to nightclubs the older you get if you are richer and famouser i've got a horrible feeling that's the case because i feel like it wouldn't be cool for me to go to a nightclub (laughs) i just (laughs) on many levels i shouldn't i shouldn't go i don't see that i don't see them as desirable places because it's just a room where i have to i have to talk especially loud and that's all a nightclub is it's just a place where i have to go hello (laughs) but if you're very rich then you become some sort of unfathomable champagne ghoul just like reclining in in some velvet cave opening bottles of people you want shot opening bottles of fizzy blood and spraying them over (laughs) scantily clad girls exactly while the music from the beginning of blade one plays (laughs) that's that's how that movie started i just i i really you know can't understand it Overstate, understate, one of the two, how much my entire grasp of nightclubs is based on pop culture. So I do feel like I'm not a a great use of comparing video game nightclubs to real nightclubs. Um, I think I've been to three clubs in my life, and one of them was because I lost a a bet, um, a very nerdy bet that I could guess all the winners at the uh, 2004 Oscars. (laughs) And your punishment was to have normal people fun. Yes, basically. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of normal people fun, uh, it's time to call in the cavalry because big Henry Cavill news this week. Um, I I text the lads immediately because Henry Cavill, a uh, friend of the show, Henry Cavill, fan and listener, uh, Vitamin H, went to uh, like Warhammer Central <laughs> and had the best time. It was lovely, wasn't it? <laughs> It was so nice. Did you see the video they did, Nate? Yeah. Well, I've, I've got a couple of friends who work there, and they uh, they they got to to see him and be, really? be part of all that. Did yeah. You get insider info. What was he like? What? How was it? Apparently, he had a look at one of my books briefly. <gasps> so we're one Wait. step closer, folks. <laughs> well, it looks like shit. <laughs> What's this stupid skeleton on the front? This is a book for idiots. Imagine. Well, like, I got good news and bad news about when Henry Cavill came to visit. Good news. Hang on, let me just slam dunk it into the bin with all of my bicep strength. I bloody love being the Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wonder if we could get a t-shirt done that says I bloody love pink. <laughs> now we're talking. Um, but it was very lovely, the video, seeing because he, he, he picked up, you know, some models in his huge hands while cradling a cup of coffee in the other. Like, you know, like the Iron Giant afraid he would crush a puppy. Like, just with Maybe. such I- care. I know that he's genuinely into it, but a little part of me, a cynical part of me, did look at it and think, well, Warhammer's like this huge success story, like financially. It's absolutely massive now, isn't it? It's like it's done incredibly, incredibly well over the last 10 years. And maybe by being like the only celebrity who's like publicly into it, you set yourself up for some like very lucrative kind of tie in stuff with it. But yeah, well, I think it's probably like there's probably. I would imagine a little bit of buttering up going on mutually because, like, I think Games Workshop want to do a lot more sort of telly and film stuff. Right. And so he'll eventually, like, hopefully be the shoe in yeah. for that Lord Big Hands. That, that he slam dunked into the bin, one day he'll be voicing that skeleton. So, yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that's the dream. What would be the weirdest Warhammer thing for him to want to play? Like, if they were like, you can play anything, what would be the strangest thing he could possibly say? Uh, I reckon uh, a Skaven, who are the <laughs> rat filthy men. rat men, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just this <laughs> sort of ramrod straight, muscle-bound rat man. <laughs> <laughs> the huge square jaw and comical <laughs> little incisors. Little teeth and whiskers. Like Monterey Jack from Rescue Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> Hench what? Monterey Jack. What, who, who do you think, because he's publicly into Warhams, who, who in Hollywood do you think is most likely to be secretly into Warhammer and, and sort of shamed of it? Well, the D's plays a lot of D&D, doesn't he? Yeah, um, not, he doesn't talk about it much anymore, though. No, he's. I, I I get the feeling that maybe his interest in all of that was was perhaps over egged a little bit, and he's he's wound back from that. Um, mm. Who? Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> That's and a good I bet he plays like um, hmm, Chaos Space Marines of some kind. Just got a feeling, you know, when you get a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's one of the like ethereal women like Kate Blanchett or. Oh. Or, uh, oh, God. Who's the Australian one that was married to Tom Cruise? She- Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Nicole Kidman. So. <laughs> She's... We went. Sorry. We went. We went to see Jackass Forever, um, and and I got Graham RPS and Peace uh, to go see it. And then he said he really enjoyed it. And he said actually the funniest thing was that Cineworld are running these ads before all their films now, where Nicole Kidman in like a sparkly kind of silver pinstripe suit walks around an empty cinema and is breathily kind of going like, "We come here because here dreams are real." And then it just. And then it and then it was like, you know, the Jackass movie. <laughs> so the really mad thing about that advert is it's actually been it's adapted for every cinema chain. She's never actually seen with the logo. They changed the cinema she's looking at. So in the Odeon she's looking at an Odeon. Oh really? And, and in America she's looking at like a AMC cinema or something. Yeah, that's a very boring fact that I have. <laughs> that I managed to bore Catherine with at the cinema when I told her about it, which should have warned me that it was maybe not good uh, podcast material. Uh, <laughs> so it's just a generic advert for cinemas. Yeah, Who but in, in the thing, she's, there's all these. You never see Nicole Kidman in front of the actual logo. She's always like wafted. You know, it's like a bit of out of focus hair or something. That's good. It's, it's, it's quite cleverly done. Like the product you could insert. She could be she didn't even have to really be just selling a cinema. It could be like ham, you know. It could just be whatever. <laughs> and it might be a bit weird because you know you don't Rennies. sit in ham, but 
<laughs> you don't sit in ham. Well, Speak for yourself. Oh yeah, well, oh yeah. I forgot who I was talking to. <laughs> ham sitter over here. <laughs> um, Beautiful. How are you? We've we've not said how we, I'm moving to another country, so that's a lot of stress. That's how I am. Um, how how are you both? How are, how are you, Matthew? Good. Um, uh, I've mainly been. I've been. I've been, I've been playing. That's non PC related, um, mm. but potentially. I've been playing that new Horizon on the PlayStation Five. Ah, oh, me too. Oh, don't spoil it for me. No, I won't. Gonna... But I know that you're a fan of the beasts. Um, and oh, it's got yeah. Some, it's got some good beasts. Does t- tell good me beasts. one of them. Tell me one of them. It's got. It's got a big snake. A robot snake. It's like a. It's like a cobra. But it's got like yeah. under its hood, it's got all these like grinding gears. It's just it's quite mesmerizing to watch. Oh, I wanna meet the robot snake. Mm. Oh, I'm well snake, excited yeah. for that. Yeah. So that's so that's quite good. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm quite a late convert to Horizon. I really bounced off the original every time I tried to play it, and then I eventually got through it only a couple of weeks ago because I I really got into the the, the sort of the lore of it or the sci fi background to it. Yeah, that's where the magic is, isn't it? Oh, that's... it's so good. It's it's like genuinely a brilliant bit of world building. So now I'm that's... like all in on the sequel. Yes, that's it's a wicked bit of sci-fi. That's it because I think I feel like I'm coming at it from the opposite direction of of you two lads, which is that I got hooked by because Aloy's kind of uh, journey in the first game is quite uh, it's refreshingly focused and kind of quite different for most video game protagonists. And it's I feel like the hook I I that got me into her story was that it wasn't all sci-fi, and that then gave me more of a sort of human interest in the sci-fi elements of it. And I'm bouncing off the second one. I'm, it's very good. I'm still enjoying it, but I'm bouncing off the second one a bit because I feel it goes more in with the sci-fi from the start in this one. Mm. Oh, okay. No, I can see that because, like, basically, you cannot name a way in which you like Horizon Zero Dawn that I will not immediately declare uh, I agree with. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, 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 I love the the character story as well, and and the sci-fi. I mean, just hopefully, um, you know, whatever they serve up, I will wolf down like Hungry Jack. I think himself. yeah. <laughs> how how are you, Nate? Yeah, I'm all right. I've carried on my um so last week we were obviously talking about my goblin JCB. Um yeah, lot of lot of uh in- excitement in the Discord for that. People are looking forward to more to seeing pictures of your your little goblin doll's house. So Yeah, I've uh, I've just been doing quite a lot more of that, really. Um uh made a a dump truck uh, for carrying rocks. And uh, I did quite a funny thing, uh, which is I made a skip full of poo um, for like, you know, fertilizing mushroom farms. And it's being pulled by an ogre on a motorbike, which is comically small. Uh, (laughs) So he looks a bit like, uh, you know, one of those cartoon circus bears on a unicycle, only it's a motorbike. Very good. Well, nice that visual gag, good. that. Yeah. It's a shame we can't see it. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait till I've got a little portfolio together. And I okay. want them to be painted as well. No one wants to see a load of grey plastic. That's, that's not going to impress vitamin H that way, am I? Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe if that goes viral, he'll notice. He'll notice us. Notice me, hen pie. <laughs> hen pie. I really like that. <laughs> it's cute. Deary me. <laughs> Matthew's not at home with this nonsense. <laughs> uh, well, that's like, because, you know, I feel like we could uh, we could have a nice day painting miniatures and talking about war games and stuff. And then if we did want to go to the VIP section of oh, the nightclub and drink our stretch blood. Yeah. We could go in on our segways. <laughs> with vitamin H. He'd be able to get us in a nightclub. Yeah, so this is the best nightclubs uh, in game special, and thank you very much uh, to. I didn't write down who it was, and I'm very sorry, but someone said best nightclubs in games. There was a good discussion about nightclubs 
in games and indeed uh, other medium mediums media probably some um, dancing guy <laughs> uh, in in the discord which you can join there'll be a link to it in the show notes um but uh yeah i thought it was a good one to talk about because nightclubs in games always have this faintly sort of desperate air as if as if they need you know john tapper from bar rescue to come in and fix it because you can't put you can't put enough character models in generally to make it look like it's thriving <laughs> wait what's bar rescue is that like gordon ramsay's kitchen nightmares but for nightclubs for, yeah for bars it's great there huh. are there are like six seasons of it and it's this it's this guy he sort of talks a bit like he's from new york i'm not sure where he's from but he lives in las vegas and uh, he is massive. He's about eight foot tall and and five foot across, and he stares unblinkingly at these these bar owners while yelling at them about their beverage costs. <laughs> well, he sounds quite do- worrying. All his advice should be very self serving. He just goes into every bar and is like, "Make all the doors eight foot tall." <laughs> and they're like, "I see what you're doing." <laughs> he's just trying to make he's just trying to make the world a little bit more accommodating mm. towards him, bar by bar. <laughs> but what I what I like what I like about it compared to Kitchen Nightmares, like if you look up Kitchen Nightmares, every place he goes to closed down within six months. But bars are actually can be quite profitable, and and I have actually learnt about the business of running a bar from watching this program because he hammers home things like like if you watch kitchen nightmares you're not going to learn anything about what food is good to sell and overheads and stuff but he says stuff about like bar food pizzas are good because they're cheap and you can eat them with your hands your beverage costs you don't want to be above like you want it to be at 21 percent because otherwise you're not making a decent profit spirits are much better than beers because spirits are cheaper so so you'll make more profit on those all that kind of stuff like if someone if someone threw me into a bar and told me I had to run it, because I've watched Bar Rescue, I could make a decent best of it, I think. But I wouldn't be able to do the same with a restaurant. Mm. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay just really bullies them into failing in a slightly different way. Yeah. that's <laughs> Sorry, that was my monologue on Bar Rescue. <laughs> but it means now that when I watch like TV, like Coyote Ugly was on... Uh, was on TV and and I was watching it and my partner looked at me because I just went, they're wasting so much booze there. There's no way their beverage costs. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yeah, I like nightclubs and games because they always sort of feel like they are on the verge of closing down and they're a bit like empty and kind of sad. <laughs> you mm. know, when you, you accidentally go into a nightclub and it's like, like 9 p.m. and there's like five people in there and then you feel like you can't leave like going into a twitch stream when only three people are watching now see the example that i've brought is absolutely counter to that which is interesting can i guess go on is it hitman no it's hitman (laughs) (laughs) go on then good club though like i'd never there was never a clubbing period in my life um, and even so, walking around that level, so it's a big, uh, uh, like, former power plant in the middle of nowhere in Germany, and they're having a massive, like, industrial techno rave up um, <laughs> in this huge concrete hall with these big pillars and a massive, like, evil-looking tree covered in lights suspended above it, and it just, it's wicked. And you can't hear people talk properly. The music's absolutely pounding. It's really good uh, music. And I don't know, it made me really lament the fact I'm no longer in my 20s and can't make that the purpose of my life, because I reckon an alternate universe me could have gotten well into it. Uh, I actually just had Ian Hitman just like I was playing it really early in the morning like 3am and I was feeling very wistful like I said and I just I just had Ian just sort of walk around the crowds just looking like a lost boy 
<laughs> you know, because there he is in his suit and stuff. And there's all these like young people having fun around him. And he just looks so forlorn. It was a really, uh, it was a heartbreaking moment. That would be a great, like, um, Manic Pixie Dream Girl rom-com set up where, like, Ian Hitman goes to a, a club to assassinate someone, but then he ends up having a really nice time with with a girl he meets there, and then she teaches him to enjoy, like, rave subculture. <laughs> That's honestly, like, desperately where I hoped the level could go. <laughs> Because there's a guy who like shows you round and stuff, and you know he was just this sort of um, weird burnout guy. But I really wanted Ian to befriend him, and yeah, just sort of forget the targets and you know just have a bit of a '90s ecstasy moment. Uh, alas, it's it's kind of depressing that he goes to that location and he sees the throng of ravers. And they're just like he—they're basically just t- like tall grass to him for, for <laughs> killing two other dudes. So that's about the size of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's really depressing. <laughs> um, that is good. Yeah, I—you're right on. A, like you know, on, on a technical level, they've obviously got the mm. the way of 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 doing those kind of that mad crowd that you need to sell it. I think it's games don't tend to do like claustrophobia and small place you know, yeah. tight, t- not small places but tight places particularly well just because i imagine there's there's a lot of grief getting them to work and they're not very satisfying it's the same way that like you know when you look at a door in any video game it looks like no door on earth because it's like <laughs> twice the size of you oh mr bar rescue would love it <laughs> he'd, he'd, do, he'd do fine in video games um but yeah like and, and that's why i think generally clubs in games always are, are just a bit blown out and weird looking because games just don't do mm. they tend to be I, from my very limited experience clubs tend to be kind of squeezed in the cracks a bit that they're, they're in games they remind me of like there'll be an episode per season of like a police procedural where they go they go to a club where because either the murderer you like there there was a drug overdose or something or something like that. They go to a club, and it's clearly filmed during the day. And they got maybe twenty extras, and then they put on ten seconds of a Fat Boy Slim song so they could get the rhythm and start dancing, and then turned it off. You know, it always yeah. reminds me of that, like just a, a bit, a bit empty and a bit <laughs> like clearly not. Yeah, sweaty and crowded, and and nobody is dancing like a human being. <laughs> it's the problem is people don't dance with each other; they're just sort of gyrating alone in space for the most mm. part. Which, yeah, just gives them the appearance of being in existential distress. It's it's why any game that lets you dance in the nightclub. They always become like instant memes. It's just because there's no interaction. Like you're dancing like a lunatic, whether it's in Vampire Masquerade, Bloodlines, or um, uh, like Mass Effect. It just looks funny because you're completely in your own bubble. Like no one's like, yeah, go. Or like they don't like. Uh, do people form circles around people dancing, or is that just in films? <laughs> they did in, in when I was at university. There was a. Uh, a club called uh i want to say arena and uh on it was like it was like wednesdays or thursday nights the break dancing club would would be allowed in there like between like eight and eight and ten i think <laughs> was it so like gladiator themed i reckon ghostus would like that no it wasn't <laughs> it was it was sad unwashed teenage club themed Thumbs down as they put the uh, break dancers <laughs> to death. <laughs> lions scamper onto the dance floor. That's where they get the blood for bottling for the VIP section. It all comes together. It all comes yeah. together. Um, but yeah, uh, what's, what's your nightclub some dancing guy then? Um, I I remember there's a there's a really silly 
club. I don't know. It's it's. A, I don't know if it's specifically a nightclub, but a, a club in um, Just Cause Two, which is basically, it's like an elite club in the sky. It's like a boat held up by two blimps. <laughs> it's called the Mile High Club. It is, um, and you have to like fly up there to. I think it's sort of like club slash brothel. I think is the vibe because you have to go and like delete some some boring stuff off laptops that's what's kind of spectacular about that it's the amazing location this floating club and you just go there to find three laptops which is <laughs> spectacularly boring <laughs> uh you'd think oh this place is going down in flames but you actually sort of protect the club um i was re-watching it this morning on youtube uh, just to sort of refresh myself and something that really made me laugh was that in the mission you go there to destroy these three laptops and there's this like club music this kind of repetitive beat in the background and once you def- destroy the three laptops or whatever um it, it, it's like or they're trying to sabotage the club the owners of the club are going to blow up with a bomb and you've got like a couple of minutes or something to find this bomb and save the club but when you get into that phase of level the nightclub music gets faster and intensifies and i like the idea that somewhere there's a dj who finds out <laughs> there's a bomb on board and he's like whoa let me s- wait wait a second let me set the mood for this <laughs> rather than like i've got to get the f- out of here <laughs> <laughs> Like now the band playing, playing as the Titanic song. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, sweet. <laughs> I'll bring up a bomb mix. <laughs> Nothing but respect for that guy. <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. <laughs> absolutely preposterous. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been trying to look up the names of some of the nightclubs in, in Bloodlines too, because I couldn't remember all of them. Uh, but they had the... They have one in each sort of area. Basically, there's a nightclub. They're they're on one of them's definitely like in a church. Yeah, that's one of my my favorite ones. It's called Confession. It's an absolutely terrible space for a nightclub because you have to imagine <laughs> the acoustics would be absolutely terrible. Um, yeah, but it's, it's got like the yeah, energy like, of uh, I, there used to be this in my hometown. There was this uh, like smaller church that turned into a youth club. Uh, like a young person's club, I guess, um, where I think it was all non- non-alcoholic, but there was probably some drinking of hooch in the car park. Alka <laughs> <laughs> uh, pops back mm. when they were a big thing. Um, and it's kind of, yeah, that because of that, Bloodlines has that. It just makes me think of some like cool vicars have turned this into a into a night spot to kind of a safe night spot. That's full of vampires. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm just thinking it's, yeah, the, there's the confession, which is uh, owned by Venus Dare. <laughs> um, of course. And I remember, like, she she needs you to help her with, like, a Russian, um, uh, like, mafia guy uh and if you do then you become part owner of confession and then there's i remember vesuvius which is in hollywood um and it's an it's a nightmare inside because it's supposed to look like you're inside an active volcano so it's all red walls and fake rock is horrible. and then there's the asp hole which is obviously a a viper rooms joke as well i like them and the the, because they're they're so kind of empty and and kind of weirdly like high concept and the ass pole is actually really clever i dig that yeah yeah and and the dancing animation is uh yeah ridiculous like like Bethy says you dance like like if someone came into a club and started dancing like that you would take several steps back oh my god yeah, really like flat isn't wasn't that one of the things in Bloodlines Two? Didn't they shot? Didn't it have the same like manic dance animation? They were like, "Yeah, we have to have the the, the it's for the fans, you know." Mm. That's the one thing people wanted to bring back. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, rest in peace, yeah. Bloodlines Two. It technically um, still exists. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, when we were doing the Va- Bloodlines One Let's Play on the uh, the YouTube channel. Um, it we always ended our episodes dancing wherever we were we always went back to one of the clubs to finish <laughs> on a mad dance 
Um, can was... you dance when you're outside of the clubs? No. No, it's like a context to interact thing. You could probably mod it, I would imagine, that you could do that mad dance anywhere. Yeah. Um, another one I, I wanted to mention, which is kind of a, a left field one, is I played a horror game called uh, Strobophagia, Strobophagia um, which is set in a rave in a forest. Um Ooh. Okay, and and I quite like it because, like, as a horror game itself, it's not um, uh, like it's basically you go to little offshoots in the forest, and then something weird and creepy happens, and um, and then you run away. Uh, but and every time you come back to like the hub where the the rave is, um, it's gone a bit. It's all gone a bit more Pete Tong, and people are freaking out and stuff. Um, but as a kind of backdrop, the the ray thing is is pretty cool because it's everyone's in kind of like morph suits with like neon faces and shapes sprayed on them, and and there's all you know this neon light and lasers and stuff everywhere, and it's a it's a really um, interesting and kind of different uh, backdrop for a horror game when so many horror games are just like you're in a spooky house. <laughs> Um, right. to to have a horror game be set in this place that is like very you know full of people and and full of uh you know movement and light and stuff um so i thought that was cool um, yeah, i was that into does that sound pretty cool i i think sometimes games can use clubs as settings where they're not open and as a space they're okay for like shooting max Payne has a club um club ragnarok which uh, you go yeah. to in the day to, and it isn't like open. So, and it, you know, you realize actually it's, you know, there is something kind of eerie about a club with the lights on, you know, where you can see it all a bit too clearly and you can see <laughs> that it is quite grubby, um, which is quite a good place to be sort of shotgunning guys in glorious slow motion. Um, I mean, it's just a series of rooms with some lighting rigs. It's not a particularly exciting space, but I mean, so is a spaceship. You know, you're really underselling it there. Anything <laughs> series of room with some lights in. They never. Well, I've never seen a game which has captured the like stickiness of like a club. You know, like shoes yeah. slightly sticking to the floor. That would yeah. be good. That's like how if uh, if you live in America, I can guarantee you almost with 100% certainty that you have not been in a proper pub. They might say it's a pub on the outside, <laughs> but it's <laughs> you've not been in a pub until you kind of don't want to touch the table because your glass is adhering to it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't miss pubs. I I like a pub lunch, I'm not going to lie. I, uh, because I'm terribly dainty and lazy, I I really liked the the period of lockdown where pubs were open but with table service. I basically want civil <laughs> table service pubs forever. Um, I think what you're talking about is a restaurant. No, because it's not. Because it's, it's a restaurant where they only serve you Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I I like sitting in a pub much more than going to a club or a bar because it's understood in a pub that you will be mostly left alone <laughs> that's true you can, just, you can just sit in a corner and and drink whatever you like you can go to a pub by yourself and read a book and have some crisps and you'll be left alone well, someone I dying alone always, it always seems a bit odd doesn't it i wish it was more just socially acceptable to just go because i love uh going out to like have dinner i love having nice lunch and stuff mm. but if you do it by yourself people look at you like you're a maniac no, it, well, it, just, it looks like you've been stood up <laughs> it is my and favorite thing like, to do oh. when i'm traveling is just to go to like a really good restaurant and just like eat really good food while reading a book it's the best i always feel like um you know, I pretend I'm like a mad old millionaire. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, one time I was in a restaurant and it was lunchtime and I was having lunch with a pal and then a, a dude just came in and ordered a load of food and then like a beer and a margarita and I was like, that, that guy's having a great time. <laughs> Call like, Harry Potter by and the liquid lunch. Crying. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Just double parking a, a, a cocktail and a beer. Anyway, um, any further nightclubs to talk about? Halo Reach has a level where you're sort of, fl- I can't remember the name of the level, you're flying around all these sort of skyscrapers trying to evacuate this city, and there's a fight in a nightclub against the Covenant, but. I remember this one because there's like an Easter egg where you can fly to another building and press this sort of hidden button. And if you do that, when you then go to a nightclub, it's just a load of the Covenant having a rave and they don't fight you. Um, There's (laughs) there's like a brute on the decks and all these little grunts kind of dancing around like the body of a Marine. (laughs) Oh, it sounds amazing. How did I never discover that? Yeah, it plays like a, I think it plays like a dance remix of like the Halo 2 theme tune or something. That's so good. Yeah, but it's actually a beneficial Easter egg because it means you don't have to do the fight that's in there Um, because it seems wrong just to start shooting the revelers. Yeah. Yeah, let them have fun. (laughs) That's that's nice. Uh, What about you, the bouncer? Have you got any favourite? The, uh, I think it was called Hercules, the gay club in GTA 4, was quite nice. Um, Yeah, clubs were quite big in that. That, yeah, that that didn't seem too dead. Um, and I suppose... Uh, so what were you going to say? I was going to say, in the... Uh, is it Ballad of Gay Tony, I think? The DLC is, like, about the club owner and you're trying to pay off, like, a club debt. That's very, like, club-centric. Yeah, and, of course, GTA always has the licensed music, so... And I'm, I'm actually quite partial to disco... Uh, and there was some some bangers in that one. <laughs> there was a good club in um, uh, Vice City as well. That was like uh, it's based on a is it based on the club from Carlito's Way or Scarface something like that? Um, like a a big sort of gaudy sort of uh, multicolored sort of discotheque type thing. I. I suppose we should mention Mass Effect as well because of the you do weird dancing in Mass Effect as well. A lot of round kind of bars in Mass Effect, mm. which seems like it would be a nightmare to staff. But uh, are there like aliens only nightclubs or no? A lot of them sort of seem to be combined night and strip clubs because they have uh, they'll have like an Asari dancing. Because um, you go to that, isn't it that you go to like there's a night, there's a character who owns the nightclub in Mass Effect Two, and then they've kind of been evicted, so they've set up like a slightly yeah. crappier version of it on the Citadel in in Mass Effect Three. Yeah, um, I think so. I think it's like one of them's definitely called Afterlife, um, but I can't remember the name of the other one. But that's I definitely that's where Mass you Effect get um, Shepard doing his weird little shimmy on the dance floor. Yeah, and that there's a, a DLC for Mass Effect 3 where you go out for a night on the town with all your pals, basically. Oh, I'm, um, a, I'm a big fan of, like, let's put the mission aside and just have a good time. Yeah. Side missions. If only we, Ian could have been. We, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no we did that in my, in my, uh, my D&D game that um, my, my friend Jay was running. Um, they were a really great DM, and they just, like... For like, for bants and lols, just made up a whole carnival. For like, there, there was no mission apart from like have fun at the carnival and try and win these little mini games. And it, I think it was like three sessions. We just were <laughs> just having fun, like you know, shooting bottles and stuff. It's great. <laughs> Sounds delightful. Thanks. Your sincerity was dripping through. Oh no, God! It sounds delightful. <laughs> Just trying to think of any um there there was a there was another floating nightclub in Call of Duty Black Ops 2 there was like a level in like a elite sort of sky city type 
place which had a club but the only thing that's memorable about it is it had a um it's got a cameo from skrillex in it because this was made at a time when skrillex was do you remember like skrillex was everywhere did he just burst or something I don't even know who I haven't. I don't really know who he is. All I know is that everyone was like, "Oh, Skrillex." There was a there was a, a guy. It that, sounds like uh, a brand of scourer, doesn't it? <laughs> like, oh, you got those tough to remove stains on your pots and pans. Get get a Skrillex. Does a bit. Uh, what, is it a thing? Do you think that like Nate thinks that rich people would drink animal blood and? Developers think that rich people would just make nightclubs float. <laughs> it's the worst yeah, place. That's a, it's a trope, isn't it? It's a terrible place to have a club because it's a place you're most likely to be inebriated and to leave being a little less careful than you usually are. Except <laughs> you wouldn't just trip over onto the pavement, you trip over into the sky, <laughs> which is <laughs> much worse in my experience. <laughs> uh, any more for any more, because it's about time, if there aren't, for us to trip over into the Cabin of Lights, I think. Oh, nice. <laughs> Cabin of Lies! <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, you find yourselves uh, in a place we've already discussed. You find yourself in the... Um, the, the throbbing dance hall of the Berlin nightclub in Hitman 3. Did you say dance uh, yes. hall? <laughs> dance hall. It is also a hole. It's it underground. Is a dance hall. It's literally called Club Hole. <laughs> oh, brilliant. That got me out of that one. Nice. <laughs> Phew. Um, now, listen, the narrative set up on this one, I haven't really got up to. <laughs> it's a bit. I haven't really got a framing for it, but. Don't worry. Um, we'll find it. We'll find it. <laughs> the real vibe of a dad apologising in advance for <laughs> Christmas presents there. Now listen, I had to go to the BP carriage. <laughs> right. So one of the one of the things which is very famous about this uh, particular nightclub, indeed every level in Hitman, uh, the modern Hitman series, is they have some legendarily weird Easter eggs. Um, it's not really a life and death situation, but I'm going to be telling you about some Berlin Easter eggs and... Two of them are bogus, and for some reason you need to select those. <laughs> okay. Um, so you know, good luck. You don't. Fucking uh... <laughs> <laughs> rubbish. Or we'll get we'll get thrown out of the club. Or you get thrown out of the club. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a fate worse than death. So yeah, and I, I've just got to tell you in advance. Like, if you don't know about their <laughs> Easter eggs, they're often very convoluted and strange. So you have to bear that in mind. Okay, Nate, you've got more experience with Hitman than me, so I might be right, uh, relying right, you, on you. You head to the bar, I'll get to the dance floor. Okay. So, go. Here we go. Easter egg number one. Hidden around the level are four bird eggs. If you collect these four bird eggs and head to the roof of the club, you'll find the graffiti of birds holding a frying pan. Now... There are four of these pieces of graffiti. If you throw an egg at each piece of graffiti, a bicycle appears on the top of the club. If you then activate that bicycle, it's an exit to the level. Hitman rides the bicycle across the moon, a la E.T. Right. Well, okay. So that is Easter egg number one. Okay, we started strong. <laughs> That's, yeah, almost too powerful. Yeah, right. Okay. So the second Easter egg. Just by the queue to get into the Berlin nightclub, there's a there's, there's quite a few graffiti references here. There's a piece of graffiti with the year 1993 written next to it. If you complete all the targets, and again, you're about to exit the level, but instead of taking one of the, the close exits, you head all the way back to this gas station at the start of the level. There's a payphone there. If you pick up the payphone and dial 1993, uh, a big beam of light bathes uh, age of 47 and pulls him into the sky as he's abducted by aliens hmm. that sounds very believable I've seen the 1993 so either Matthew's made a good hook oh. Oh, okay yeah, Ooh, yeah. Very, this, is, this is taxing Continue. Okay. 
So on the dance floor, there are these industrial fans, which you can throw drugs at, and then they spray drugs over everyone, and it's used for a couple of the signature takedowns. Wait, so you, also... throw, you throw drugs at them to make them th- spray drugs? Yeah. Well, yeah, like if you I see. throw a sack okay. of peanuts. You throw like a drug brick at it. And oh, it, I see, it I of, see. And it sort yeah. of sprays it as like a cloud over the crowd, and they all go mad. Okay, I got you. Um, but uh, it's also part of an Easter egg. Uh, in the security guard room, there is a plate of muffins. If you pick up and throw three of the muffins into uh, the industrial fans, the music of the club cuts out and it starts playing uh, what I would describe as a rave version of the Sugar Plum Fairy theme from the Nutcracker. Okay. Why is it what you would describe as that? Well, because well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not amazingly au fait with musical terminology. Like, a, you know, it might be a, you know, a dubstep or a house. Yeah, I don't know. A, I, yeah. I, I would say like it's what I would hear and go, oh, rave music. <laughs> okay, just, uh, just, just pointing out the interesting the <laughs> linguistic Catherine, pick there, Catherine. Those, those, those kids next door are playing their rave music. <laughs> Silence them. So that's Easter egg number three. Uh, our next Easter egg also involves a, a, a raver of a, of a sort. Um, okay. <laughs> God. Bit of wordplay uh, there. Uh, all around the level, you find these drug bricks, like the ones that you can throw into the fan. If you collect four drug, uh, drug bricks and head to the northeast corner of the map, there are four bollards. If you place a drug pack on each of the bollards, uh, a door on a nearby shed opens and a dancer emerges who will then follow Agent 47 around the level, constantly doing their, like, rave animation. Okay. So it's like your personal personal rave accompaniment. Mm. Mm. Okay, not sure uh, about that one. Okay. Uh, last Easter egg. Is he a puppeteer? He isn't. <laughs> yeah, it's Tobias Beckford. Um, uh, the last one is in one of the crates in the level you find a gold idol and if you head to the swampy area to the south of the club you'll find an old wingback chair you place the idol on the chair and it vanishes and the chair begins to glow if you then sit in the glowing chair a hippo emerges from the swamp and sort of delivers this portent of doom to Agent 47 sorry delivers- <laughs> Yeah, this hippo sort of delivers this big sort of strange monologue where he says, like, don't trust anyone. And he says, when the wine is poured, the blood will flow, which I think is meant to be like a little nod to something that happens in one of the later levels. So it kind of like warns you about other stuff in the game. And then Did, did of... I write this cavern of lies? <laughs> and then it disappears. <laughs> okay. So you've got the E.T. bike with the bird eggs. You've yeah. got a telephone number that triggers a UFO abduction. Yeah. You have a uh, muffins in the fan that triggers a sugar plum flary theme tune. You've got a personal raver for placing drug bricks on bollards. And you have a hippo summoned by a golden idol who delivers you uh, a bleak vision of the future. Right. So, Nate, is there a swampy area near, near the club? Well, it's... <coughs> Yeah, there is actually. It's like some canals. Okay. It used to be the coolant system for the power plant, I think. Okay. Uh, so, is there a hippo model in Hitman? Because no way would. I mean, a hippo is actually quite a tricky thing to animate because it's got a lot of like rolls of fat and loose skin. Doesn't so they would not go to the trouble of making a hippo unless they you know they already had one. Isn't there like a like a kind of yeah, in Pablo Escobar Hitman 2, you can, style. Feed a, you can feed a drug lord to his pet hippo. Oh, okay. Okay. I will take your word for that, Matthew. <laughs> and it's the same engine, right? Yeah. I I am drawn to the the either the fans that spray drugs triggering the sugar plum plum fairy fairy theme or the drug bricks conjuring a raver that follows you because both of those involve the drug bricks being used to do something, which makes me think one of them is a fake because they're sort of it's sort of a duplicate. 
See what right, I mean? Miss Marple. Yeah, that's extraordinary logic. Yeah, <laughs> it's Miss Marple if she I ever dealt with drug that. breaks, <laughs> which I don't think she does. <laughs> She's been around. <laughs> well, I suppose the point is she hasn't been around, but anyway. Uh, I, so think I think it's the raver who follows you. Yeah. Because just that's very simple compared with like the convoluted nightmare of birds and frying pans and stuff. Like, you know, you have to really work for that. Whereas that just seems uh, quite easy. I don't know. Only it takes people months and months to discover go through these. the mechanics. You if know, you, they're very if well you put three muff, if you put three muffins into the industrial fans, then the music will change to a rave version it. of the Sugar Plum Fairy. Um, mm, this is tough. I believe the alien abduction one. Yeah, that's that's solid. I, I don't know if I believe the ET one. Oh. Oh, gosh, yeah, that's how the bird nightmare ended, wasn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's also a duplicate kind of... Okay. It's either E.T. or the following Raver. But two of them are fake, right? <laughs> two, yeah, only two are fake. Oh, two. I don't like this. But Matthew's sitting in the corner like, like, like Jigsaw, giggling at us, trying to... <laughs> <laughs> Try to escape his terrible trap. <laughs> oh, well, if it's two, then it's definitely ET and the following raver. It's got to okay. be. Yeah, because I feel like the hippo is Nate Bait, but Nate Bait to make you think that it's not true. <laughs> yeah, it was Ma- Matthew sort of fell on his own sword by admitting there was a, a hippo elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But maybe that. W- look, okay, look. Yeah, let's just go for the raver and the bird eggs. <laughs> So, uh, again, there isn't really a narrative framing for this, so it's quite hard to be too elaborate. Right. <laughs> uh, but um, the raver is... Ooh la la! It's fake! Yeah! You're right. Thank God. E.T. Okay. is... Nice! No! Oh. The other, the other oh. ooh la la you were looking for was the rave version of the Sugar Plum Fairy. They were both, ooh. Double drug both the you right. As you said it, I thought, oh, yikes, she's, got, she's on to me. My brain was thinking drug bricks. <laughs> well, what would they have in a club? Easily accessible drug well, bricks. Well, you do have drug bricks. Good I, old uh, drug bricks. <laughs> I built, I built the, I built the lies out of ingredients that I knew Nate had played it, so I built them out of ingredients that are definitely in those levels. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, well, well caverned. I guess we're staying in this club forever to have fun. Uh, yeah, which yeah. isn't like the worst thing that could happen. Um, we will see a lot. I don't know. It's a nightmare for me. In quite elaborate ways, which would probably be quite um, traumatizing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, what thank you very night. much. What, what a <laughs> night that was. We're, we're now waking up, like, the start of the hangover. <laughs> <laughs> and I've in got a baby room. carrier full of drug bricks. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And bird uh, eggs. Thanks, Matthew, for the bird eggs. Thanks for a splendid cover, Matthew. All that remains now is for us to do some recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. So, Matthew, what have you got this week? I may have recommended this in the past, but it's always good to refresh these things. I'm recommending a podcast called The Director's Cut, uh, which is where directors film directors interview film directors it's quite interesting because you get to learn behind the scenes stuff on the film that they're talking about but it's also quite interesting to see which directors are like good at doing interviews and which ones aren't um christopher nolan very good at interviewing people um comes up with some really weird stuff it's almost as revealing about the interviewer as it is the interviewee which i quite like um like there's mm. loads of good recent episodes. There's like Spielberg talking about West Side Story, Guillermo del Toro talking about Nightmare Alley, um, the Cohen, whichever Cohen it was, he did Macbeth talking about that. 
that's all really good. But I would, I, I actually really enjoyed the episode about Red Notice of all things, um, because <laughs> they do these interviews about films which I think aren't very good. But you realise actually, there's still a, a huge amount of ingenuity goes into making like any film, um, and something like Red yeah. Notice, which you think is massively dumb. It's still got a lot of like quite wild stuff in it about how they like double up sets and how they dealt with COVID. And um, there's like a ballroom scene in the thing where because of social distancing, they had to like film it like over and over again with different people in different places and then like layer it all up to have like lots of people together. But I, which I didn't wow. really notice when watching the film. You're like, oh, that's just a load of people dancing in a room. But he's like, oh, it's probably like the most technically difficult shot I've ever had to do in my entire career, um, just to have this <laughs> ballroom scene. So, yeah, it's, yeah it's, there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, cool. He also Forest, talks about yeah. the egg plot as if it was like not bad. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, once we had these eggs, which came from my historical research, I was like, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Cleopatra's He's eggs is no a real time for important the- thing. <laughs> dumb, dumb. So, uh, coincident- coincidentally, uh, I'm going to recommend Nightmare Alley, which I watched at the weekend and I really enjoyed. Um, I'm sorry that it was spoiled for you, Matthew. I can guess exactly uh. what the clip was that was shown to you by Stephen Colbert. What a stupid clip to pick. Um, but I thought it was very good. It's It's... In some ways, sort of the most conventional of Guillermo del Toro's recent films, but um, and it's not a very subtle film, but I don't think it needs to be. I think Bradley Cooper's very good in it, and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I go. think I think Bradley Cooper's Mister I Was Born for It is should be a meme. Yeah, where someone yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the meme format would be like. <laughs> something dumb like do you want to review this game or whatever and then it's him replying mister i was born for it i'm surprised that hasn't we'll become make a thing you can do that Blocko. you can <laughs> make it happen yeah it's a bit hard i just don't think nightmare alley's had the had the reach for it to become meme meme worthy but you just need to pick the right thing to use yeah. in response to and then and then it will take <laughs> off keep it in your back pocket yeah uh but yeah i i think nightmare alley is very good uh nate what have you got to recommend this week? Guess what? Daddy Kipple's back, baby. Oh, oh nice. No. <laughs> back on the menu. So the, yeah, it looks like Daddy Kipple's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> uh, so it was discontinued uh, in the spring of 2020, uh, but it's come back at a very slightly less extortionate price point uh, and without almonds in it. So good news for those to, of you with almond allergies. I, just in case there's a new listener, do you want to translate what Daddy Kibble actually means? <laughs> no, I don't respect them enough for that. They've got to learn the hard way. <laughs> yeah, no, Daddy Kibble is um, uh, Kellogg's Crunchy Nut Granola. Uh, in this case, the milk chocolate and honeycomb granola. I'm not going to lie, it's not a healthy cereal. It's a dessert. Uh, <laughs> and I treat it as such. Um, but basically, uh, right at the beginning of lockdown, uh, you know, one of the ways I lost my mind was buying, you know, and setting up about 30 fish tanks. Uh, the other was in basically for a couple of months, I think I uh, probably 40% of my nutritional intake was Kellogg's Crunchy Nut, Milk Chocolate and Honeycomb Granola. It wasn't good for me. Um, but, yeah, because I was eating it with the same monotonous gusto uh, as the cat wolfs down his, like, awful pellets. Uh, we just started referring to it as Daddy Kibble. Um, and, yeah, as one it's, does. It's very funny that my daughter calls it that still. Uh, she asked me if she can have some of my kibble. <laughs> but it's it's delicious. It's a great dessert. Um, just yeah, don't don't eat it all the time. Can we go? Some lovely recommendations. Uh, thank you, everyone, and thank you very much, you listener, for joining us on this episode 174 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast. This was the best nightclubs and games special of Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. Uh, do join us again next week. Uh, you can 
write to us with questions, suggestions, and feedback at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. You can look for Rock Paper Shotgun on social media. Just search for Rock Paper Shotgun on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTubes, uh, where you will see our new video pal, Liam, is started putting up some new videos again. It's very exciting mm-hmm. times. Uh, yeah. But uh, for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com and... If you'd like to, you could join the supporter program uh, where you will get an extra podcast every month, which we are about to record now called The Nate Files. Oh. Nate, can you, can you give us a little preview of, of what the, uh, the theme is going to be this month? Yeah, sorry, I did a Bane noise. You both did one a, a, a minute ago and I wanted to do one too. <laughs> um, this month, uh, we're going to be talking about... Uh, Alexander von Humboldt and Alfred Russell Wallace, the pioneers of biogeography. <laughs> yes. <Ooh. laughs> yes. Yeah, it's worth yes. paying money for. <laughs> All right, thanks very much, everyone. Lots of love, listeners. Bye. Bye.